0: This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to the hub. Seven out of ten that 's the number I want you to process. so i 'm in Africa, Ghana, of course, and I went to Elmina Castle, and we were taught or at least I studied uh, about the transatlantic, transatlantic slave trade and how many bodies were lost in the ocean on the trip from Africa to the New World. you know, Some put that number as high as maybe 40 to 400 million, which is a, a lot, right? But we're talking about a 400-year institution, right? 400-year institution that literally seeded and was the foundation of wealth for so many nations from England to France to, of course, the United States of America. And as I'm going through this tour at the Almina Castle, which I'm going to give the history and break down in a second, the Portuguese established that here on what they called then the Gold Coast. Again, a European term for a, a, a town, a, a village, a community that already existed. The Portuguese established it for trade, mostly of gold, which was found here that didn't belong to them. I'll get to that in a second as well. But this was the birthplace of the transatlantic slave trade as it relates to Ghana. The Amina Castle was the port from which human beings were shipped to the New World. On this tour, which I think everyone should go on if you come here, and many people, if you've gone online, you've seen everyone from Steve Harvey to you name it. Everyone comes through this castle and they mostly have a very emotional experience, you know, because if you're a black American, if you're a black American, your connection to the continent may be close, may be very distant. For many of us, we don't know where we come from. We don't know our names. We don't know what tribe we come from. We don't know what language was spoken. So... To come to a place and to, to, to imagine your ancestors being held in these rooms, uh, and, they're, and they're, the smell is still there. The smell of death and destruction is still in those rooms. I can't describe it to you. I've never smelled anything like it. And you know when you're in it because they took us through several places where white people were held who acted out, you know, and Portuguese would get drunk and fight. They would um, put them in this prison. That, that prison didn't have any smell. And the tour guide said, no one died here. And then you go into the room where black uprisers, the, the, the rabble rousers, the people that were trying to escape, they were held. And they were starved to death and, and not given water and held in this tight box where they literally died, were starved to death. You could smell the same smell that I smelled in the rooms that held the 400 women in the room that held the... 600 men, and that's the number. The magic number's 1,000. So I want you to remember seven out of 10, because I'm going get to get to that in a second. But if you go on this tour, it is emotional for so many reasons. If you're a human being, if you're a human being that has a heart, to imagine being uh, walked through the interior, or, or, even more dastardly, maybe you were working for them, because when the Portuguese first came to Ghana, uh, they actually traded with the village people, they, they bought their land from them, they actually imported enslaved people from Portuguese to come work to build the castle, they didn't use the people here, and then something turned. The system got, got very rich, really quickly, you could make a lot of money, the Portuguese Portuguese came here to trade gold. They wanted the gold and they wanted to trade the gold. This was a a trading center and it still is, Ghana still is. If you come here, get off the plane, all you're gonna see are merchants, people trading. This is the the DNA of this this country. But if you think about um, when the flip happened and the brutality, they built a church this was a, 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 an ode to St. George. Uh, this was a castle, actually, Elmina castle means Castello da Mina, Castello da Mina, the castle of, of the mine, of the gold mine. And it was in, in honor of uh, St George. and this was a place where they prayed and where they raped, where they pillaged, where they brutalized, where they murdered. 1482 it was established. Um, and it was built on the Gulf of Guinea, which is where this is. It's the oldest European building building in existence, south of the Sahara. Uh, 1637, the Dutch seized the, the port, the fort from the Portuguese, um, and then the Portuguese took it back. <laughs> and the slave trade continued, actually. Um, actually, the Dutch kept it for a while and, and continued the, the business, which was the business of moving bodies, human beings. Uh, in 1872, the Dutch included the fort, and it became a possession, actually, it, um, it became a possession of the of Great Britain. So it went through Portuguese, to the Dutch, to the Great Britain, but it's African. And they all used these black bodies to fund and seed their wealth. So I'll give you the history, because I, I want to get to the 7 out of 10. I'm going to keep that number in your mind, because I'm coming back to it. December 12, 1481, the Portuguese arrived in this... Village that had a name we don't know, right? <laughs> because they named it Elmina, Castello da Mina. Um, it's noted in some some historians said said that Christopher Columbus was among those who made the voyage to the Gold Coast with his fleet. I want y'all to sit with that for a minute. Christopher Columbus came here, saw these black people, came here, saw the potential, came here, understood the trade, went to the so-called new world. Supposedly, he was lost. But the first thing he did was what? Round up human beings and bring them back to Queen Isabella. Think about that for a second. Did he go there with that in mind? Did he go there understanding the enormous power of slave labor, of forced slave labor, of building through forcing people to do things? And let me just say this. the people of Ghana, I, I texted a friend of mine and I said, I understand after going through the castle how slavery happened. And on the surface, and I, I do need to explain that because on the surface that sounds sounds interesting, right? But these people are really nice, good people. Like they're nice, good people. So you come first, you're bearing gifts, right? You come bearing gifts, you give me money for my, my house, my huts or whatever, for my land, I give it to you. Um, you build this castle, and I, I'm, I'm trading gold already. If you go to, which we're going to talk about in a second, the Asante um, c- Palace, you'll see gold was the, the way they traded. The, the, the king of the Asantes had a pouch, a leather pouch of, for gold and a leather pouch for silver. They understood the value of things, um, but they did so fairly. And because they were human beings, they never looked at anybody down, you know, down on them as if they were less than. So you imagine the enormous trust and spirit because I was like, there's not even words in the tree language or God language for the kinds of brutality that we saw exacted upon them. There are no, le- no words in their language for this. So how could they expect this? And these people came, gave them guns to fight off their enemies, right? So you think, hey, we're good. We're good, Right? The flip happened so horrifically and so, so quickly. And I said, I see how that can happen. And then you're confused. And then they're so masterful with the organization of it, right? So I'm going to make sure that in, these, in this castle, and there were castles all along the coast. So Ghana's just one port. Benin's another port. The Ivory Coast is another port. The, the, the Liberia was a huge port for trading human beings, it was such a system. The Dutch, the British, the French, the Portuguese, the Spanish all participated and they conspired to divvy up this continent. Think about that for a second, how organized this had to be. These folks weren't ready for this. And the way in which they had this castle set up, you got a church up top, you got ways to torture people so everyone can see people being tortured, you, you have these, these boxes held so that you break people's will because you're going to keep them in this, in this space for a month up to three months as you wait for the ships to come because every month you need your number, right? This is how systems are built, right? And the magic number was 1,000. So 400 women, 600 men every single month shipped out from that doorway of no return from Elmina Castle. Before there were black bodies, they were trading, of course, gold, right? At the height of the early 16th century, 24,000 ounces of gold were exported annually from this castle, from this port. One-tenth of the world's supply of gold came through Elmina. San Jorge d'Elmina. That place, right? King George, Lord of Guinea. Let me just pause there. Lord of Guinea, really? He named himself governor of an African nation. What the F? All right, that just makes me angry on so many levels. They even petitioned to have their own statehood. Almina was declared its own state within, Af- within Ghana. Check that out. Process that. All right. So at first, you know, the the Portuguese authorities determined that Elmina would not engage directly in the slave trade, right? They didn't want to disrupt their gold mining because the gold was so powerful. They were making so much money. But then once the sale of black bodies, the sale of black bodies started exceeding and eclipsing again, slavery built America. Slavery built America's economy and her wealth and her power. Black bodies was That was the most powerful commodity when we head into 1600s, right? So they quickly flipped. Before that, the slave coast was Benin. Then it became Ghana, all right? So by 1600s, by the 1600s, most trade in West Africa concentrated on the sale of human beings. And Almina played a significant role. The castle was a depot where enslaved Africans were brought in from different kingdoms in West Africa. So it became the port of exit, the port of, uh, of exportation, the port of, of not entry, the port where everybody came to trade these black bodies, Elmina Castle, all right? And every month, a thousand bodies were shipped out. What they don't tell us and what messed me up and what is making me really in my spirit uh, unsettled because this is not in any history book I've read, seven out of 10 died in the camp. And I'm gonna call it a camp, it was a concentration camp. It was a concentration camp. Seven out of 10 died, and it's a concentration camp because there's no value of those bodies in that space. The value is when they got on the ship. Now, they were, they were um, insured, So, But they were still valuable, right? So if you ship out 1,000, you're insuring 1,000 bodies. If you lose half your cargo, you get your money back. But that's value. But you don't get the value unless those bodies are on that ship. So it doesn't matter if most of them die, because as long as you can ship out 1,000, and there's two things that that struck me when I heard that number, when my tour guide said 7 out of 10 died in this in this camp, you can smell it, number one. Actually, there's three things that stuck out. You can smell the death. Hundreds of years later, you can still smell it. I promise you. The other thing is, there were so many black bodies. Africa is five times larger than what the cartographers tell us. It's five times larger than what you've been taught in your school. I'm flying on, on, on Delta, and they show you the map of Africa as you're flying in. You know, you, you're in flight. I ten, you know, you're, you're watching your flight's route. And I'm looking at the size of Africa, which is just slightly bigger than India. No, it's five times bigger. And Delta and everybody who has these damn maps need to fix that because... There's no way in hell you could ship out a 1,000 bodies from one port every month with 7 out of 10 of them dying in the camp unless there were millions and millions of black bodies and it was so plentiful that it didn't matter. Think about that. There were so many black bodies it didn't matter that 7 out of 10 died in those camps. It would take the women bring them out into the center. We walked through that. Went upstairs to the governor's quarters where he would stand on the balcony with his men and they would bring the women out and select the women that they were going to rape. And if any of those women happened to get pregnant, they had a house built for them and they would stay in the concentration camp as cooks and their children would be sent to school because those were the children of the men. Because back then, the Portuguese and the Spaniard alike, the the status of the child followed the status of the father. France as well. America changed that. America changed that. But that's actually very African. The status of the child follows the status of the mother in Africa. Israel also. But in the new world, in Europe, it follows the father. So those children were the father, and they got treated better, which started this whole colorism bullcrap. But anyway, I digress. Seven people didn't make it out of that camp through that horrible doorway to no re- of no return. 7,000 of the 1,000. 12,000 a year ended up on the ships. 84,000 ended up in graves, mass graves. 16.8 million souls died before they even got on a ship to the New World over a 200 year period and it was probably more than that because it was probably longer than 200 years. I'm just being generous with the timeline. But that messed me up, the people that didn't make it on the ship. And what did that mean to communities all throughout Africa, missing people? We talk about missing bodies, I'm taking a slight detour, I'm missing black girls in America right now and there's no t- conversation being had about it. But can you imagine living in a village and people are just missing? People are just missing. You don't know why because there's no communication outside of drums. Which I'm gonna do a whole podcast on Asante on the Asante kingdom uh, coming up. But stay tuned for that. But imagine how do you communicate what's actually happening? And some say, well, they sold themselves into slavery. Kings, yes, Asantes had uh, us, and they had people in bondage. They were in bondage. Slavery is age old. The the slavery is age old. You win in battle, you take people as slaves. That has been since the dawn of man. This system that I'm talking about right now is a whole other thing. This is a system of conspiracy, of debauchery, of immorality, of evil, of bringing people into a place purely for commerce. It wasn't just spoils of of, of victory and spoils from war. No, this was something else. This was a willful kidnapping of people. You lost in battle, you knew you could be put in a bondage. This was, I'm, I'm in my fields, or I'm, you know, ruling my my nation, or I'm, you know, midwifing, and I could be snatched up. And then separated. Because here's the thing, if there were too many God, too many tree, or too many Ashantis, or too many, you know, anything, they didn't all get on the ship together because revolt was very high. The the notion that people were docile and weak, you know, no, because I'm gonna do a podcast on how powerful they really were. No, that wasn't the case. But they also, this is how systemic this was. I couldn't put, they couldn't put the people on the ship that could communicate with one another. That's starting the stripping of the humanity, right? So you might have to stay in that Concentration camp, an extra month until there were other people from the interior to blend and mix in so that you couldn't communicate. One, You could have been there month one and stayed there till month three if you survived, because seven out of 10 did not, while wow, they put the right thousand mixture on that ship so that they wouldn't have a revolt. So as I, as I think about this trip and this journey, you know, I, I tweeted out that I had several epiphanies. This was one of them, because this is something I did not know. Um, and the irony of this castle, this, du- this castle uh, being built by the Portuguese, right? And then the Dutch taking it over and really perfecting it. The same Dutch that, it, that, put the apar- the, that put apartheid into action in South Africa and had the audacity to call themselves Afrikaners. Those same Dutch. Who, by the way, the Portuguese and the Dutch get a free pass when we talk about slavery. They should not the most evil among them, the Dutch and the Portuguese. They had the nerve to have in this castle um, circles and triangles. The circles m- meaning eternity and the triangles meaning perfection on the buildings. And they, again, uh, the Portuguese had right over the women's holding cell, over the women's concentration portion, they, they would hold church and pray to God. Pray to God over this evil that they had going on underneath what kind of disconnect was that so if you have an opportunity to go or come i'm in africa now i'm in ghana right now if you have the opportunity to come here go to the Almina castle i'm not going to give you chapter and verse but i need you to understand it not from an emotional standpoint because many people are overcome by emotion. Emotion will, will lead you to action, but not sustained action and not powerful action. Emotions are, are, are good for a thing, as uh, Nancy, who I'm going to talk about as well, because he's a powerful uh, god in the Asante kingdom. Nancy um, will say that anger gets ish done. Anger is an emotion. But being angry and being overcome with emotion without action is futile. So I need you to come and process, feel it, feel everything, and then ask yourself, what am I gonna do about it? For me every day, is about honoring those, those seven that didn't make it to the ship, and then those three that got on the ship, and then maybe that one that made it to the new world so that I could be here today. That's my mission, is to make sure I honor that resilience and that, that will to survive, but also to turn it around and make chitlins into a delicacy and take the worst thing that you can throw at a person and make it into a family and a community and thrive. That's my thing. I said um, to uh, Nana Yao and Michelle Yeboah, um that my, my goal in 2020 for people listening, and whenever you listen to this, because you may be listening to this 10 years from now, is to not live vicariously. Have your own experience and allow that experience to propel you individually into a community action. Find your thing and your way as our our ancestors did to find yourself. Coming to Africa, I did not find myself. Coming to Africa, I discovered truth that I didn't know and that adds to who I am. But I already came here whole. And I need everybody listening to my voice to behold, find your center, find that thing that drives you and propels you, and then make something happen good in the world. All right. Um, I'm going to do more podcasts on my trip to Africa, my trip to Ghana. And let me be specific, because some of y'all are real petty on on social media. Africa's a big place. Why not say, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. If I say Africa, wherever, and I'm not, this is not going to be my last trip. Um, I plan on hitting, um, going to Senegal. I plan on definitely going to Namibia or Tanzania. I want to do a safari. Um, I want to experience life, not vicariously. And I'm I'm not going to be watching people's YouTube channels and Instagram pages to see what, what, oh, and having FOMO. No, I'm living. And I, and I uh, challenge you to live too. All right. I thank you for listening. I appreciate y'all. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter. Use the hashtag podcast if you have any questions or comments. Uh, that's where I communicate with people. Of course, check out the YouTube channel, Karen Hunter Show, where you can get clips and bits from my radio show on Sirius XM. And again, subscribe to Sirius XM on, um, on the app, because that's the easiest place to get it, where I deliver this kind of smoke every single day. And if you don't have access to SiriusXM because you're out of the country, a <laughs> Welcome. And uh, continue to stay connected with me. Again, Twitter's the best way, at Karen Hunter. Till next time.